Good evening and welcome to the Rhythm Notes of Health with me, Kai Ianta. I am the soul of public health. I am so excited today we have back in the studio with us, Dr. Lori Johnson. And today in bringing a close to our women's series, we're going to be talking about urinary incontinence. And a lot of women are wanting to know, they have some questions. And so we're gonna get into this um, urinary incontinence with Dr. Lori, let me bring her in. Dr. Lori, good afternoon, how are you? Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Rhythm Notes of Health. Uh, we have missed you, and we're glad that you're back. <laughs> what have you been doing, Dr. Lori? Dropping babies. <laughs> Working. I took a little vacation as well, so just trying to enjoy my summer. Yeah, no, absolutely. For, for, for those of you who can see us on YouTube as well as hear us, you see that Dr. Lori has a new look. She has these braids. Uh, she is getting her life together for her vacation. And they, they look really, really, really good. I mean, I really, I really like, um, I like your braids. They, they look nice. So ladies, take a breather from your norm and get you some braids and um, see how it works out. Yeah. So Dr. Lori, thank you for uh, joining us today. We are going to close out this women's series. I have these gentlemen there. They are ready to get into the men's series. I have the doctors ready. And to, today, uh, we could not end the women's um, series without talking about urinary incontinence. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about what it is. What does it look like? If there is a look, what does it feel like? Um, how do you get it? Why do you get it? And there's no need for you to um, have to remember those questions. I'll ask you again as we go. So Dr. Lori, let's get into this uh, urinary incontinence, which is I went on a field trip um, to, I went to two drug stores, which mm -hmm. whose name I will not call, because we talked about this before. We did like a mini, we did like a mini snippet of urinary incontinence before. But I went to, I visit this week I visited the drug stores, two different drug stores and three different grocery stores to just go on the aisle with the women feminine products Correct. and to just pay attention to the hierarchy of the way that things were um, on the shelf. Because we know that the things that are on the top of the shelf is what people buy often. Um, and then as we go lower to the shelf is what people don't buy as often, right? And so uh, um, what, what's really crazy is there were more uh, products for urinary incontinence than it was for um, your cycle. So I don't know yeah. if that tells about the people who were going shopping at the grocery stores, right? But there was so there was like maybe three rows of items for urinary incontinence. And then it was like, the sanitary napkins and those things. And then at the very bottom was like dushing things, which I'm glad that means that people are not dushing as much, right? Because it's at the bottom. Wow. So I say that to say that urinary incontinence is a challenge, I guess, that yes. uh, women as, as we grow older um, are having. So let's just get into and talk about, let's start with um, what is urinary incontinence? What is it? 
Well, urinary incontinence means the inability to hold your urine. Um, and it comes in a couple of different forms, but in general, it's not, it's being able to not control the flow of urine. So having leaking, having accidents, um, going when you don't want to have to go because mm -hmm. you cannot control it. You can't control it. So because continence mean continuation, right? Mm -hmm. And so the incontinence, meaning the break of the continuation, right? Correct. Of course, the urine is the urine. So, um, and you said that it is when you cannot hold, it's the loss of bladder control, right? Correct. Uh-huh. So, and um, can you just repeat it one more time, what, what sure. urinary incontinence it, is? It, it's the inability to control the flow of urine. So you feeling a need to go and you're not able to stop it. It's just going to come out. Um, and there's a couple of different forms of incontinence. Mm -hmm. um, the, the main one we hear about is one called stress incontinence. Mm -hmm. And um, stress incontinence is that, that incontinence that happens when you um, increase the pressure. So you laugh or you cough. Or you sneeze. Okay. Or, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get, get into that. We're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into, we're gonna get into <laughs> it. Those, those are the types. We're we're gonna get into that. I just want to make sure that everyone understands what what it is, right? Mm -hmm. And then who is often affected by urinary incontinence? Um. Well, what age or population? I should say. Um. Well, you know, women over forty. Mm -hmm. um, about 50 million in women over 40 in the U.S. deal with some form of incontinence. As you age, that number uh, goes up. And men also have types of incontinence as well as they get in their 60s and 70s. Um, and there are many, many reasons for that. But there are about 50 million women in the U.S. right now who deal with some type of incontinence issue. Mm -hmm. So no, I noticed that you said women when they get over 40. Right, but men when they get in their sixties and their seventies, we always gotta have the short end of the freaking stick. Except we except we give life. <laughs> right. Well and, and, and that's a big reason why. Uh, uh, uh. You, you we've pushed out uh, one or two or five or seven uh babies uh -huh. uh, and they weigh anywhere from five to ten pounds sometimes. Uh -huh. and, and a woman that must that muscle group is the same muscle group. So uh -huh. Every time you're pushing the baby and pushing, mm. pushing, you're weakening that pelvic floor and making yourself more prone to incontinence. So mm. the vast majority of women will have it because if you've ever had a vaginal delivery or more than one vaginal delivery, you likely somehow damage your pelvic floor and that can cause incontinence. Ah, okay. So, okay, that's yeah. So that that that's very good to know um, that. Well, you know, because I think about the women like way back in uh, a few generations before us that had like six and 12 kids. Right. Mm -hmm. They they probably had urinary urinary incontinence, but they probably didn't have a name for it. And they sure they sure didn't have a product to use for it. Right. And or a discrete product. Right. Because now they have these discrete products that looks more like uh, sanitary napkins uh, mm -hmm. than 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 the. 
um, things that look like a diaper or adult diaper, if you will. Right. Right. So they probably had to deal with it more, but didn't really know they didn't have a name for it. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Um, because of less research. But but you said that the muscle is the muscle it, and it's the same muscle that you use to push a baby out. Right. Correct. And it's the same muscle that you use to say, oh, I got to use the bathroom, but I'm not going to go right now. So I'm going to hold it. Right. Uh, well, yes. and Yes. And no. OK, make that clear um, to me, because I'm always holding my blood and the doctor be like, you got to stop doing that because you're going to have a urinary contest. So make it plain, please. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's, it's the muscle group. So in uh-huh. the woman, um, the layers, the bladder, there's the, the bladder seat on the top, the mm-hmm. vaginas in the middle and the rectums in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you mean as far as the muscles, as far as the layers, the layers. Okay, uh-huh. Uh-huh. so the, it's like bladders in the front, vaginas uh-huh. in the middle, and then the rectum is at the back. So uh-huh. when you're pushing the the baby out, you're compressing the bladder and compressing compressing or flattening the rectum at the same time, and putting pressure on the muscles that control that those two uh, organs so there's muscle the whole muscle group is called mm-hmm. the pelvic floor mm-hmm. and that that overall gets weak the specific muscle for incontinence is called the the sphincter muscle it's the circular muscle that encircles the the area where the urine comes out and mm-hmm. it's supposed to tighten up enough to close that that area called the urethra Mm-hmm. But after you've pushed the baby out, you put pressure, you put pressure, you put pressure, mm-hmm. that muscle gets weak. And so instead of it having a tight seal like this, mm-hmm. your seal might be more like this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the seal, you see there's like a little hole in the seal. It's not super mm-hmm. closed, but a little mm-hmm. open. And so that allows excess urine to escape when it's not supposed mm-hmm. to. So, 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 so for those who are just listening to us, so what Dr. Lori did was show like a, if you were to describe um, using a balloon, mm-hmm. could you use a balloon? You could. So can you describe using a balloon for, for persons who cannot see um, the demonstration you just did? So if you have a, a balloon mm-hmm. um, and let's say you, you put a knot at the end of the balloon, mm-hmm. but then that knot gets loose. Okay. The uh-huh. air, the air will begin to escape slowly. Not all the air, but slowly because uh-huh. the knot isn't super tight. Okay. So the muscle was like that tight, tight knot, but as it weakens, the, the knot gets less tight, and air is or urine is able to escape from the balloon. Uh huh. So that's that's the sphincter muscle, correct? correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the sphincter muscle is connected to that pelvic floor. other muscles so Mm -hmm. the other muscles become weakened and the sphincter muscle which is a part of the urethra becomes weakened also right Mm -hmm. okay so then this then because these muscles are weakened then then we have urinary incontinence right right okay so okay so how how does that differ with i'm sorry I'm thinking that's your phone, Dr. Lord. That's my phone. I'm sorry. So how does that differ with the, when you're holding your bladder? Um, when you're holding your bladder, you're working your sphincter muscle hard. So the, the bladder is like, a, a, like I said, like imagine a balloon mm-hmm. that's filled up with water mm-hmm. and that knot at the bottom is the sphincter muscle. Okay. So as, as the, the bladder fills up or the balloon fills up, it puts more pressure on that sphincter to hold. Now, bl- the bladder 
has been called a bladder capacity. And there's uh -oh. a certain amount of fluid that once it gets in your bladder, you have the urge to go. You it triggers the muscle to contract up. Oh, now I got I gotta get ready and go. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. Kind of like you hit that first first threshold. So you know you're out like, oh I, I could go, but yeah. it's not urgent, you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. And then you don't go, you wait a little longer uh -huh. and it's a little stronger. And uh -huh. you're like, oh, I kind of need to go. Uh -huh. But you want to just, you want to wait till you get home. You yeah. Get, you're in public. You don't want to use the I feel like you're talking about me, right? And you want to just try to make it home. I'm going to get home. Yeah. I'm going to try to get home. Yeah. So kind of hurrying. You're yeah. driving and yeah. you know, your bladder's just filling up. And then yeah. by the time you get to that house, you barely make you it. You gotta go. <laughs> Right, because your bladder has continued to fill, yeah, and fill and yeah. fill and fill, and then it hits that critical point where uh -huh. it's like, Man, I gotta go, you gotta go, and then you gotta rush to get your stuff, yeah, because the closer you get to home, your brain tells you, Oh, you almost there, and it's really yes. the pressure's coming, and, right? yeah. and so, and so that muscle is like holding on, like, Okay, you got one more minute yeah about to be <laughs> yeah yeah and finger muscles at the bottom and that water is it's putting pressure and pressure on onto that muscle and then that muscle releases and then that's when you go so but so then that can so then that can weaken can that weaken your um sphincter muscle by holding your urine a lot it, it, yes absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely uh -huh. I, I, I have, listen, I have always done that because I've always been very fickle about going to the bathroom in public, right? So right. I have I have always done that. And, and my OBGYNs have always said to me, you're you going to have to stop doing that go when you have to go. Right. And then so when you... Uh, so you won't weaken because when you get older now, when you get older, which is which I got older now, you're gonna have this incontinence problem, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, at one point, and, and, and I'm I'm gonna ask you to talk about this. So at one point, I was having this urge where oh, I gotta go to the bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. And then it was almost like I could, sometimes I would barely make it, right? And then it was like, oh, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to do it in my have a leakage, right? Mm -hmm. And then when I went to the doctor, what she said I needed to do was reprogram my yeah. bladder, right? Yeah. So what I had to do was I had to go to the bathroom uh, maybe three times a day, whether I needed to go or not, right? And she said, this was reprogram my bladder. And so, because she was like, you don't have a problem, but you need to reprogram it because you've been holding your urine for so long. Now you need to reprogram it. Because I was thinking, oh my gosh, it's finally got here. They said exactly <laughs> what they said is going to happen. It's gonna, right. But once I did that, right, it, it, it worked and it reprogrammed and then, and you know, it stopped. So, and then now after that, I, I try to say, let, let me go to the bathroom. And that's, that's actually a different type of incontinence. Uh-huh. Um, that's called urge incontinence. Oh, urge incontinence. Okay. Then stress incontinence. Okay. And urge incontinence has more to do with your bladder spasming. Ah. Uh. Um, it's a spasm and you're that spasm. Oh, got to go right now. Uh-huh. And so you, as opposed to, so with urge incontinence, you don't get that, that warning, you uh -huh. know, like. With stress incontinence, you're like, okay, I gotta go a little bit. With uh -huh. urge, it's like, boom, I'm going right now. Okay, and, understood. And it has to do with the, your bladder spasming, kind of like if you've ever had a urinary tract infection and uh -huh. you have an overwhelming urge to go all the time uh -huh. because the bladder is irritated because of the infection. Uh -huh. So as the bladder is irritated, it just it just spasms. The bladder is a, 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 a Thin wall of muscle. Thin wall of muscles. Uh -huh. like a sack, it's a thin wall, so the muscle can contract 
and that contraction will make you like, whoop, I gotta go. Yeah. And so that's that's called urgent contraction. That and that can be um fixed with like you said, bladder retraining because uh-huh. okay, I feel it, I'm gonna go, and you kind of yeah. Like calm your bladder down. If you yeah, know. yeah, and 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 that's exactly what she said. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you you said that because I was I was actually going to ask you the question um, with urinary tract. And if you haven't listened to the urinary tract, we did urinary tract and we we really broke down the whole entire tract of the from the kidneys all the way down to the urethra, right? Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to that show, listen to that show because it'll help you in understanding this show a little better. So you talked about the kinds, and so we talked about the stress incontinence, which which we'll talk about more because it's the most popular one, right? Right. Most, and then we talked about urge incontinence. incontinence. What other type of incontinence, uh, Dr. Lori? Um, there, another, the other main one is probably overflow incontinence. Uh-huh. That, that type of incontinence is more um, for patients who have like nerve issues. For instance, diabetics tend to have overflow incontinence. Mm-hmm. Um, who have had nerve injuries tend to have mm-hmm. Incontinence. People have had bladder surgery and have overflow incontinence, and and that is a nerve problem. Uh-huh. And so that or strokes, for instance, because their their nerves have been damaged to the point uh-huh. where they can't feel when their bladder is full. Uh-huh. So they just don't Go. know. Oh, so this is what the elderly have, huh? When Correct. they have to put them when they have a stroke. And then they're they're bedridden, and they normally put them the the um, the pampers or whatever on. Right, the depends and things. Depends. Thank you, thank you, because I didn't want to call it pampers. Depends. Correct. They put the depends on, and so this so they have overflow incontinence. Yes. Ah. Okay. 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 So that's normally a elderly um, thing, or or unless someone younger have a stroke and or or diabetes actually or diabetes. Uh huh. Because uh-huh. diabetes, as you probably know, affects all the nerves in the body, uh-huh. the eye nerves, the foot nerves, et cetera, et cetera, and also affects the bladder nerves. So uh-huh. um, the nerves to the bladder can't tell, can't sense anymore. And uh-huh. say, oh, I just was, I was just wet. They like, uh-huh. they don't know, they didn't feel it. They oh, they don't even feel that they're wet. Yeah. They don't feel the urge to go and all of a sudden. Uh-huh. Listen, y'all make me so smart. I, I promise you. Every time I'm on here, it's like, I'm always so excited to learn these new things. I hope everybody else is excited as I am. But I'm always so excited. And you telling me that I, I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, I remember something that happened to someone. And this is exactly what it was, right? Mm-hmm. So so stress stress incontinence w- would be like the number one cause, right? Correct. And, and then the, the, the most popular, I should say. And then urge incontinence, right? right? In which you have to go. And then the overflow incontinence, right? Which Which right. is affects the nerves where you can't feel right mm-hmm. oh okay so then let's talk about the stress incontinence mm-hmm. uh, which you mentioned a little earlier but let's just go into detail and talk about how this stress incontinence comes about and um, why is it the most common uh, well Again, childbirth makes it the most common. Mm-hmm. Um, most women have had children. Um, also, women who've had um, heavy jobs where they had to do a lot of heavy lifting. Lifting, ah. Years, and they're lifting heavy things. Because when you're, when you're lifting, you're using a lot of your abdominal muscles. And ah. when you're doing your ab, you're putting pressure down on that floor. So repetitive lifting, heavy weights over and over for days and months and weeks and years uh, will, will make your pelvic floor weak. Okay, I'm sorry, Dr. Lourdes. I'm sorry, start right there, start right there. So 
because I just repeat what my grandmother said. I, I just had epiphany, which I always do on the show. But listen, so hold your thought. But I have a question. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you just said that heavy lifting, right? So mm-hmm. my grandmother used to say, right, would say, don't pick heavy things up. And what she would say is, you continue to pick these heavy things up, you're not going to be able to have a baby, right? That's what she would say, right? And so it really didn't make sense to me. But now I tell my daughter the same thing. Don't pick that up. You gotta you ain't gonna be able to have a baby. Cause that's what that's what my grandmother told me, right? You're not gonna be able to have a baby. Like, don't pick that heavy thing up. That's way too heavy. Like let your let your dad pick that heavy thing up, right? But really and truly, see, she may not have known the exact cause of what she was saying or exact what would happen but there was some truth to what she was saying because it like because what you're saying is lifting up something heavy is going to affect this uh, pelvic floor right these muscles and if you and if you affect the pelvic floor with the muscles that you say that you also push babies out with then you may not be able to hold a baby to push it out so don't let me find out oh shoot (laughs) don't let me find out my dear See, they didn't know. They didn't know why they said what they said. She was in the ballpark, like she yeah, was, she was in the ballpark. Like ball she, park. like she had a listen. Maria didn't. Maria couldn't read or write, right? So, but she knew. But literally and truly, because because really and truly, generational generation from slavery, they would pass things right. down. That don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And I guess when they were out in the field working, it was like you could pick the cotton, but don't pick this heavy stuff up because they probably saw that people had problems having babies from doing this. And so she didn't know the reasoning why, right? She just know you shouldn't do this. Do- and this might happen, so don't do it. Don't let me find out. Okay, yeah. Wow. So listen, listen. it's a method to the madness. Even even my, what, what grandmother would say, it's a, it's a method to the madness. Okay, so let's go back to stress and continence. I just, when you were saying it, I was like, don't let me find out. I didn't know what she was talking about. And my grandmother really was muddy. I know, you know, I know Tyler Perry calls to say it's my dear, but my, that's where he got it from. Like my grandmother really was my dear, right? Yeah. But, but you know, I diverse. Let me get back on topic here. So stress and continence. So yeah. when your parents tell you that, and your grandparents tell you that, they own to something. They in the ballpark of what needs to happen. They just don't know how to explain it, right? Yeah, but we got Dr. Lori OBGYN who can. Right, the whys and the how it actually works. Yeah. That you lift a lot of stuff over a long period of time, it's gonna mess some up down there. It's gonna mess something up down there. So, ladies, don't be lifting heavy things up. That part, that's what we begin. We was getting all around there to get back to stop lifting heavy things before childbirth, right? Because you want to keep those those muscles strong, and then after childbirth, because you don't want to have urinary incontinence, right? Right, that and, and prolapse. We'll talk, we'll talk about prolapse another time, but that's okay. That, uh-huh. That's part of the kindness too, prolapse, because when that whole floor gets weak. Everything in, in it. And that's called urinary prolapse? Um, uterine prolapse. Uter- uterine prolapse. Uh-huh. And just since we bought it up, let's just tell what it is since we bought it up. So um, it's to make a, a really mm-hmm. long story short, it, mm-hmm. those all those muscles get weak mm-hmm. and your uterus can drop down mm-hmm. drop and mm-hmm. drop out actually fall fall out if you will. Oh. Um, uh, but drop down. Um, uh-huh. But, out of the area oh okay yeah so why yeah that's that's yeah that's a whole nother show like yeah we definitely will have to talk about that because i've heard of urine and urine prolapse right um but didn't understand like the details of it so what's falling out what's falling out right and i and i really thought that was an exaggeration like falling out but you're literally saying it does i can show you a picture i'll show you oh okay why yeah i'll show you a a picture yeah 
that it, it actually fell out. Yeah. That your urine fell out. Yeah. And if it falls out, how do you how do you how do you use the how do you how do you then urinate then? Well you you I I'll show you a picture because oh, it doesn't okay, so. fall like like as in leave your body. Oh, okay, because that's what hang, I was thinking. <laughs> but it can hang below the the opening of the vaginal area, so it can oh. like, people will frequently come to me and go, "I feel like a a ball down there. I feel a bulge. I don't know what it is. I think you know they 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 put their hand. They can feel something protruding, or when they say, "When I go to bend over, I can feel this thing down there. I don't know what it is." And, I'm, you know, and, and typically it's that the, the the floor has weakened enough so that the bladder has is protruding or the uterus itself is protruding out beyond the opening of the vaginal area. Those muscles no longer have elasticity. Right. They're, the they're function of hold up. So wow. You either have to take, take, you can surgically repair it, tack it up, do different things, but... Um, and, and, and this happens, I had a lady, um, maybe last year. Is that common, Dr. Lori? It is. It's quite Okay. Common. Wow. It's common. Wow. 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 Ladies, we got a lot that we got to deal with and know about and <laughs> understand. And yeah. so I'm hoping that this series uh, does it. So when we talk about stress incontinence, Dr. Lori, um, you, you talked about the coughing. Is that part of it? Uh, anytime, anything that increases your, your in, intra-abdominal pressure. So uh -huh. um, cough, uh, <laughs> sneeze, um, vomiting, anything that you have to put, you're putting a lot of pressure up and out. Uh -huh. um, so if, if the, the, imagine the, the abdomen has a rectangle, right? Uh -huh. Your neck is at the top of the rectangle, your pelvic floor is at the bottom of the rectangle. Uh -huh. Your abdomen is your front, the, the, your back is the back side and your sides. So mm -hmm. when you put pressure, the pressure goes up and down at the same time. So mm -hmm. do anything like that. So every time you cough, you're putting pressure in the abdomen and it's pushing down on that pelvic floor. When you mm -hmm. see the same thing, when you exercise, you jump up and down, same mm -hmm. thing. And so with stress incontinence, because that sphincter muscle is weak, you will, you can have leakage either a little bit or a mm -hmm. lot, like, you, know, you see people like, oh, don't let me laugh, I'm up here myself. Oh, if I laugh mm -hmm, hard, I'm here mm -hmm, myself. Mm -hmm. Don't let me laugh too hard because yeah, yeah. they have a little stress incontinence with a weakness in that muscle. Yeah. And, <laughs> that is going they, to they, that, that's a true. That's also a true, that's a true thing, right? Mm -hmm, for sure. For sure. Uh, so so with, with the stress incontinence, the uh, menopause, right? Because we have a large population of women who listen to us who are in menopause. How does menopause uh, affect this? Okay, so menopause, as we know, is mm -hmm. not just the end of menses, but it's the decrease of your hormones. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that helps to keep that elasticity in that vaginal area is estradiol or estrogen. Mm -hmm. So as we lose estrogen and progesterone with menopause, we also lose elasticity in that area. Mm -hmm. So the elasticity of the vagina and we lose the elasticity of the uh, the vaginal walls and the mm -hmm. bladder and all that same same is why we have vaginal dryness the same thing while we have you know things like that mm -hmm. because we don't have enough estradiol to the area and we lose that elasticity so that can make your incontinence worse that can make your your prolapse a little worse because you don't had the estradiol go into the area anymore mm -hmm. so the extra so so we don't talk about often i think i think um 
estradiol, which we don't talk about, we say the synthetic version, which is the estrogen, we know that's made in the lab, right? So we talk about that often. And, and I think with women that it has get, gotten such a bad name, right? When we talk about uh, estrogen, estrogen or estradiol, it's gotten such a bad name that we don't even, we're not even clear on the importance it, that it is for women, right? And and all of the things that we need it for in our lives, right? And yeah. so when you just said that um, when it's when we're lost of estradiol, uh, uh, estradiol or, or estrogen in in our bodies, then we we lose elasticity in our in our bladder muscles, right? As well as our vaginal muscles, right? right. And um, that's that's important to know. So that's why I just repeated it that you said that because when I talk about the the effects of, of menopause and menopause with your mom and tell you, I, I don't talk about the, the bladder part, but it is very important to talk about, especially with the shelves looking like they're talking, like they're looking in the, in the drugstores and stores, right? Is that women are also de dealing with this urinary incontinence. They mostly talk about, you know, vaginal dryness and the hot flashes, right? right. Yeah. But urinary incontinence is also one of those causes that can balance out again, right? Right, exactly. exactly. Oh, okay. So, okay, wow. And so what about women with fibroids? Um, as far as- As, as having urinary incontinence. Um, that's a little bit of a different mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, some, if the fibroid is, um, remember I said the, there's the bladder, mm -hmm. the uterus, and then mm -hmm. the rest. So uh -huh. if there's a fibroid that's on the, the front or, or they call the anterior side of the uterus, the front side, mm -hmm. that's putting excess pressure on the bladder. Mm -hmm. Those ones will usually have uh, frequent, more frequent urinating. Mm -hmm. They may have a little more stress incontinence or more urge incontinence because they have a solid ball that's pushing on their bladder. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. So there, there, so there are several different kinds and you mentioned the main three kinds, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is the stress, the urge and the overflow. Right. Okay. And so, and then you also talked about the, the um, age, but what are some risk fa factors, Dr. Lori, with, with, with urinary incontinence? What are some risk fa factors uh, other than okay. your aging? Are there, are there risk fa factors other than your aging? Um, um, not so much. Um, mm -hmm. sometimes medications, you might take different types of medicines, um, can cause issues with incontinence. Um, but, but what about caffeine? Um, caffeine will cause frequent, more frequent urination, but not necessarily mm -hmm. incontinence. Okay. More frequent, not necessarily incontinence. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because we call a diuretic. So it pulls water out of your blood, out of your body. So you'll have more, you have to go more often, uh -huh. but you'll not be able to hold it. Uh-huh. And so what about being overweight? Um, being overweight, mm -hmm. it, it can mm -hmm. um, only in the context of um that same kind of increased abdominal pressure because uh -huh. uh, you got to remember that that people who are very overweight that the fat is underneath the skin uh -huh. so once you kind of get it, you know, out inside the body the uh -huh. organs are pretty much the same size as someone who's smaller uh -huh. um, which is why when people have lose a lot of weight they have this saggy skin because it's the skin that's being stretched and when someone's very obese it's not the insides really uh -huh. so, um, only in that 
that excess pressure on the abdomen can cause maybe some incontinence, but nothing, not more than that. Mm -hmm. And so when, so when I was doing the research, they talked a lot about um, temporary urinary incontinence, right? Mm -hmm. And so we know that the urge is, would be that temporary um, urinary incontinence, right? It can be. The urge. Uh -huh. So what are some other things that causes the temporary? Um, there's some, there's besides holding your bladder, which is me. Besides holding your bladder. Um, that's, that's a biggie. That's a biggie. Mm -hmm. Um, infections, mm -hmm. uh, like UTIs can cause mm -hmm. you like temporary incontinence. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something called, um, inter interstitial cystitis. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, um, you have the symptoms of a mm -hmm. UTI, but no actual UTI. Mm -hmm. Right, mm -hmm. so it has to do with the bladder wall being irritable and so forth and so on. So mm -hmm. that gives you an incontinence picture, but mm -hmm. it's not purely incontinence. Okay, I uh -huh, understood. So what about alcohol? Because and you know, there's been a lot of talk about alcohol um, being a, a cause of having urinary incontinence. Is that the truth? Is that more like like the like the uh, caffeine, or is that not? The yeah, truth? it's more like the caffeine. It's more like a diuretic. So you'll a go diuretic. a lot more, uh -huh. but it doesn't necessarily damage the bladder. It doesn't damage the bladder. So mm -hmm. urinary incontinence then is a damage of the bladder then, because you just uh, used that word. Uh, well, the well, it would damage the, the nerves, but it doesn't do that. So okay. It damages, it's a damage of the sphincter muscle and stress. Uh -huh. and it is kind of a it's a reversible damage in in overflow uh -huh. i mean it urge i'm sorry and uh -huh. it, it is well i guess that was nerve damage for incontinent for overflow so damage of different areas uh -huh. but the, the bladder it's not just like the bladder itself uh-huh uh -huh. so then let's let's get into so we so we talked about what what urinary incontinence is we talked about the the the, the types of, of right. urinary incontinence and we talked about um who's who's more at risk right of urinary incontinence. We talked about some causes. Let's get into some preventive measures of how do we, let's just start with, let's, let's start with age with, when we, let's talk about um, urinary incontinence. Let's start with, let's start with the age, right? So we're, if, since we're doing the women's series, we're talking about women, we're talking about uh, teens to 25 year olds and those people uh, under 40. Well, like how can they help to prevent? We're going to do what Medea said and, and not lift heavy stuff we're not we're gonna do that we're not gonna call and ask for help we're gonna call and ask the guy to help us lift number, one, number one number one <laughs> yeah um we're gonna uh try to have these big head babies that destroy <laughs> Push these big how, babies how, do, how do you keep from having big head babies? Don't you a big head uh, dad or something? If you got a big head and the father got a big head, then you probably gonna have a big head baby. A big head baby. You're not gonna get me in trouble, Dr. Laura. You are not gonna get me in trouble. Okay, so no lifting and then babies that are overweight because because diabetic uh, um, women tend to have um, larger babies, correct? Correct, they do. Mm -hmm. And and that's and that would be damage if they're if they're having vaginal. If you're having a cesarean, it's different. It's different if you have a cesarean um, or like women who are pushing, you know, for long periods of time. Um, 
like when you're if it's people, oh, so long labors. Yeah, long labor, uh -huh. pushing, 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 and you know, uh, push, push. Yeah, uh, they tend to have uh, more damage because every time they're pushing, they're they're putting pressure on that muscle again and, and overall weakening it. Uh -huh. uh, so things like that. Um, the, let's see, as far as preventive, don't hold your bladder. Like don't, uh -huh. don't hold go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. Go. You know, yeah. Uh -huh. Go. Don't try to wait till you get to the next whatever. Yeah. Gone and go. Yeah. <laughs> in the car. Bro. You're not gonna keep talking to me, but okay. Huh? You're not gonna keep talking to me, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> go to the bathroom. That's me. Go like. To the bathroom. I'm gonna wait. I'll be home in a minute. I'm only five minutes from home. I'll be there in a second. Right. Just gone and go. Yeah. Go, go to the bathroom. Uh huh. <laughs> what about what about what about um working out? What about working out? Um, same with heavy lifting, like really heavy, heavy weights. We're doing like deadlifts, mm -hmm. like that really big Valsalva. That's a, a heavy weight too. That mm -hmm. will cause, you know, if you do. But a I lot mean, what about preventive? Like, does it help with preventing? Work some does some workouts help with preventing? Um, if you can tighten your core, so mm -hmm. ab work and stuff like that will help prevent a tighter core, tighter abdominal muscle uh, muscles will help strengthen your core, strengthen your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. uh, but that real heavy, like power lifting, mm -hmm. will ultimately do the opposite and damage. Mm -hmm. And damage. You know, I I, um, I often talk about in um, undergrad and graduate school, I always took these um, world um, world African history classes. Mm -hmm. And and so, and then, and then two classes I took was about um, uh, dancing Africans and dancing and we're Afro descendants. And so and one of the things that they talked about was the reason that the um, African women dance with their lower bodies, right, was to prepare their sales for childbirth, right? Mm -hmm. So you know how they dance more with their lower body, their abdomen and their hips, right? And it was to, it, it was to prepare for childbirth. And also because with everything that you're saying, you know, doing the doing those dances, um, tightening those muscles up, you know, I guess when you do have childbirth and you do have that pushing, then your muscles are in a tighter shape that, that if there's some push, you know, to um, limit the, the elasticity in, if you will, then um, it's, 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 a, it's small because you're right. doing these preventive dances and lower body movements to you know do and so they talked about it a lot is that is that's why people mimic their dance but they're not clear on why they dance in that way it right. is it is intentional to you know prepare yourself for birth um and get those muscles together uh, for birth and which we don't talk about a lot because you know a lot of them they're not going to the hospital a lot of them they have these babies and they're you know they're going on right so they have to know what they need to do to prepare i guess holistically that would be a holistic right. approach is to do those dances and we know we're not going to do those dances but maybe i should take a, i took like a couple of african classes when i was younger and, and maybe it's helping me now but maybe i need to take some more because you know it does like help in that way probably once it's gone right then you 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 can't help it in that way right and we and we really um, we always encourage my pregnant patients to stay active. We uh -huh. uh, unfortunately a lot of us have adopted the more European concept mm. where where you're pregnant, you're just kind of like a lay down below, and you're kind of just laying in the bed and not moving. And you're it's called labor because it's work. It's called labor for a reason. Mm. So 
when you're you're moving and you're you're walking and you're squatting and you're doing things during even during the pregnancy it's preparing your muscles and your body to to do what it's supposed to do yeah but then we've kind of got into this oh i'm pregnant i can't i can't get up <laughs> yeah. for those who didn't see she put her hand on her head like a dance dance more in distress like oh my god this i can't do anything wait wait on me right yeah we wonder why we can't push these babies out and why mm. we have terrible labors and stuff but yeah because, because you know walking every day if you're healthy you're not gonna walk walk don't yeah just lay around and eat yeah Walk, yeah. Move. That's, yeah. That's another topic. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're yeah. Because we're gonna deal with this whole pregnancy thing. But 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 no. But I'm but I'm but I'm glad that you. I'm glad that we're talking about it so people can really understand. Um, the aspect of it is that you know when when I was when I I mean you know I had one child I was one and done. But I walked right only because the everything that I had learned, you know, because I said I didn't want kids and then I was like okay I may have one right. But all the things that I learned I walked and then my doctor said walking because I didn't want to have a long labor and I was ready for the baby to come and it was like you got another week or so I was walking 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 we would go like on trips to just take pictures so, so I could take pictures and walk and just walk 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 walk. And and so fortunately for me, because I was walking and it was like that week of, I was like going to different malls, just walking the malls. Yeah. And I only had three hour labor, but my doctor said it was because I kept walking. Right. She was like, you kept walking. Right. right? So mean, that's important what not, you said. You can't wait until you're like 37 weeks to go walk. Yeah. Ongoing thing for oh, my my first child, I was only there for five hours. Yeah. I didn't think she was gonna come out that fast. And I was like, no, it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and they looked and said, Oh, it's coming out. And I said, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but I, I was I was in a city, I didn't I didn't have a car at the time actually. So I was yeah. walking forth to work to the store. This was part of my daily routine every yeah. day. Five hours, my first child. So you know, but my I and I see it over and over again. My wilting, my ladies who just kind of want to lay around, don't yeah, yeah, have the worst and the yeah. Worst labors but yeah we digress yeah we digress because but but we'll have to start telling them we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do that that series on on the pregnancy but we'll still definitely have to start telling them but you're going to fix some other things like if you don't you know it's not just even your long labor you now are increasing your chances of having urinary incontinence right right yeah so we were talking about preventing so we're talking about no lifting the heavy um uh items um the long labors uh go to the bathroom right and tightening your core. So what are some other preventive measures of urinary incontinence? Um, well, you always want to do your Kegels, especially if you mm -hmm. have a little bit. The Kegel, and the Kegel exercise is um, to uh, exercise that a woman does to tighten her core. Mm -hmm. I don't, well, I'm not going to talk about Cardi B, but anyway, <laughs> she talks about doing Kegels in one of her songs. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what song it is. Yeah. She talks about doing the Kegel. And what yeah. Kegel is imagine if you're if you're going to if you're urinating uh -huh. and the muscles you would have to use to cut off the stream uh -huh. that's a kegel. So uh -huh. If you're urinating and you squeeze uh -huh. those muscles and the stream cuts off, uh -huh. you're doing, that's a kegel. You mm. can do that while you're watching TV, you can do it while mm -hmm. you're in your car. Mm -hmm. You can do it while you're urinating, but that's that's the action. And that's <laughs> don't do it while you're urinating. <laughs> let the, well, let, I mean, you let can let do it to, to, if you don't. You can't conceptualize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try it while you're sitting there peeing. Oh, oh, stop. understood. I'm understood. Stop the flow, the stream, uh -huh. and that that muscle group that you're contracting to stop the muscle stream is doing a kegel exercise, and uh -huh. that's something that we do 
and we tell people to do in between pregnancies is better uh-huh. um, before pregnancy to kind of get that those muscles tight. Uh-huh. So Kegel is spelled K-E-G-E-L? Correct. Okay, so K-E-G-E-L, if anyone wanted to look it up, um, to look up the Kegel exercise, and I'm sure there are like examples of people doing the Kegel exercise, so you can just be clear. Nope. No. I mean, maybe, maybe. Don't no, ask. yeah, so yeah, no, there. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Not see, Dr. Laura, you're visual, and so your mind went straight to the visuals visualization of that. I was just talking about the exercise of it, and they say I'm doing Kegel exercise, like not necessarily seeing what's actually happening. That's your visual mind. (laughs) Okay, that was funny. Okay, so but what are some things that you you at your practice, right? And Dr. Lori will tell you how you can um, find her, or if you're not here, find a doctor who um, uh, offer these things. That, but you and your practice offer some um, things that help with urinary incontinence, um, which, which could be preventive and or if you're in it, which will help, correct? Correct. Well, and, I, and I'll, I'll start one place and I'll kind of work my way back. So okay. there, there are for there's there are treatments for incontinence. Uh-huh. Um, from of our some of our older ladies, we use we can use a device called a pessary. That's P- What's it called? A pessary, P-E-S-S-A-R-Y, um, and that's for like an older person that's not sexually active that is having a urinary incontinence. Y'all can go look it up. We've been uh-huh. using it for years. Um, but the main one is, it's kind of, it's a rubber, like a silicone ring, kind of uh-huh. shaped like a donut. Uh-huh, and you uh-huh. put it in the vagina and it just kind of stays there, just stays there. And every so many months they come in, we take it out, we clean it, we wash it, we put it back in. Wait, wait, wait. So you put it in the, you put it in the, you put it in the, put it uh, you put in the, the vagina? vagina. But, but, I, but why you put it in the vagina and the urine comes out of the urethra? Because remember, the vagina is in between the bladder and the rectum. So okay. the pressure in the vagina puts the pressure on that. The, the device in the vagina puts uh-huh. pressure on the urethra muscle. Uh huh. So, so, so that can feel, so it can feel something coming? So, no, so that it cannot release. The, the, it makes the sphincter tighter. Well, okay, so how do they go to the bathroom when they need to go? When they, need to go? they can go when they need to go. Uh-huh. It, doesn't, it doesn't keep it from opening at all. It just keeps the excess from opening. Excess. Okay, understood. So, okay, so you said that you put that in the uh, in the vagina, in the vagina, and because the because the vagina sits between the rectum and the bladder, right? It sits in the middle, right? Yes. So, so, okay, because I gotta ask you because it's the women's series. So, because you said you you said it, you said I didn't. So now can because I know I know I'm going backwards, but can uh, harsh uh, wild um, sexual intercourse cause you to have urinary incontinence? Because it sounds like it from what you're describing from putting this ring in here and saying that it holds it. So, I mean, you if, you, if you were doing it like a lot, a lot, I mean, I guess a lot of... Yeah, what some people do, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, it would have to be really kind of a, a very abrasive, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that and that's another issue with incontinence. You know, women can't have can't hold during orgasm. So you know, a lot you said of women can't. You said women can't what now? One of the other things that has the stress incontinence is uh-huh. when women are having orgasms, mm-hmm. they can't hold their urine in. So I have some uh. complaining of while they're in the sexual act, 
uh-huh. they be everywhere. Uh-huh. And that's a whole nother, you know, another level of. Oh, ah, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That's another symptom. I mean, what is, it? is that a part of urge? Is that a part of the urge? No, that's part of stress. Stress. Okay. Uh-huh. It, when they orgasm, everything is like relaxed and it's released and it just. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Is that common? It is. <laughs> I'm always concerned when you say it is common, right? Because, like, I I have not heard people don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so much of this, people just don't say out loud, you know? Yeah. So they tell you that this is happening. Correct. Yeah. Wow. They, okay. Yeah. So we learn something new every day. Okay. I'm glad everybody's here learning with me. So okay. So okay. So. Yeah, so let's let's go back to treatments. Okay, so we talked about the pessary for a active person, a pessary. Uh-huh. Um, then then there are surgical treatments that have been developed over the years. Uh-huh. They're maybe called a bladder sling or a bladder attack. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and um, there was a procedure that came out with some mesh probably 15, 20 years ago. Uh-huh. Um, however, because there there are multiple types of mesh. Mm-hmm. And one particular type of mesh has had some issues. And oh, I heard that. Uh-huh. So mm-hmm. now, whenever you say mesh, people automatically go to that PTSD. Yeah, PTSD. Oh yeah. no, I don't want no mesh. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I'm like, no, it's a different mesh. But then, yeah. oh, it's mesh, it's mesh. Yeah. So you, it, the, the mesh was actually is and was actually, uh, it's called a TVT or transvaginal tape. Uh-huh. Puts a, if this is the urethra in the center, it puts like a sling and, and tightens the urethra to give you that extra support. It actually is and has been a great uh, uh, procedure. Uh-huh. Um, I've done hundreds of them and it had great results with lots uh-huh. of clients. Uh-huh. However, uh-huh. Um, it's a much harder sell, if you will, now uh-huh. because of the mesh situation. I have patients who've had it and who loved it. Um, but you know, not, not as common as I used to be. And then, so, so now we're looking for alternatives that are not surgical because people mm-hmm. are afraid of the surgical alternatives, um, mm-hmm. which involve most of the time, some kind of mesh or some kind of material that help give that muscle the, the support it needs. And did those, did those, did those, did those, that TVT, uh, the uh, transvaginals, uh, did it, did it, was it, is it permanent or do you have to like do it again? It's permanent. It's permanent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, so those are the surgical treatments. Mm-hmm. That's surgical treatments. And also, mm-hmm. I don't do a TVT is if someone's not done childbearing. Like if they're mm-hmm. going to have another kid in two years, well, there's no point in me tightening your bladder now to push another big ba- ba- baby out. It's going to mess it up. So Understood. So, uh-huh. so there's been a push to find non-surgical treatments. Uh-huh. Um, so I have a device in my office and it is available nationwide, various places called the Mcella vaginal chair uh-huh. um, and it is literally a chair that you sit on uh-huh. you don't have to take your clothes off it's non-invasive uh-huh. um, and it is like doing twenty thousand of those kegel exercises uh-huh. in 30 minutes 25 minutes uh-huh. and so we do a six treatment series and it has amazingly great results at tightening that sphincter muscle and reducing your stress incontinence um, reducing getting up in the middle of the night, reducing the accidents and kind of getting you back to full functioning. Uh-huh. Um, 
it's and it's the crazy part is it's FDA approved for that function. Mm-hmm. However, of course, because we live in America, insurance doesn't cover it. Yeah. But the Amcella is a great. Because uh, why would they think it's cosmetics? But okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it's FDA approved for women and for men. Actually, for men who have um, nocturnal, frequent urination at night. Mm-hmm. For both. For both um, things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they don't want to. Paper. And this is called the M Cellar. Did you spell that? It's E M S E L L A M Cellar. So E M as in Mary S E L L A. Correct. Okay. And okay. So with the so with the M Cellar, then and, and 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 I and I tried it. You know, you you had your um, oh, the introduction when it came, and I went over and I tried it, and it's and it's it's painless. You just sit there in the chair, right? Yeah. It's painless, and I really liked. Um, because to me, it did a whole bunch of other stuff. That's a whole yeah. other conversation. But I, 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 liked <laughs> I really liked it, right? And so, you know, if you're in the, you know, in, in the Atlanta area, uh, Dr. Dr. Lori has this M seller, and and you said that you do six treatment series, a series of six treatments, and how far apart are they? Like you do one, and then you wait how long? We try to get we try to get you in twice a week for three weeks. So six, uh-huh. so like a Monday and a Thursday, uh-huh. Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, three weeks in a row, if possible. Some uh-huh. people have spaced them out. They do them weekly. Uh, it just depends on, on the individual. Uh-huh. And so, and how often should this be repeated? So once you do your six treatment series, how often should it be repeated to have another series? Um, once you do your six treatments, uh-huh. you probably don't need to come in for like another six months and just do like a one touch-up session you don't need okay. to do that it's kind uh-huh. of considered to be permanent you do like a touch-up every six months for one session uh-huh. and, and you're good to go from there okay so once you get the once you get the the original six treatments right mm-hmm. and which you would do like two times a week for six weeks right? right then you just need to come up like once every six months for a touch-up right, right? Uh huh. To remind your bladder that this is what happened is here. This is what you know. What ah okay. And it's FDA approved. Right. You sit on a chair, and and I and and again I did it. You sit on a chair. You don't take your clothes off. You just sit there. You don't really feel anything. You don't feel it. I mean, I was I kept trying to say, do I tapping under your butt like something's tapping your yeah your vaginal area a little bit yeah yeah that's all you really feel. That's all you feel. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Does there's no pain, and 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 I did remember I was telling how how excited I was because I'm an analytical person, so I pay attention to every little changes in my body. So I am paying attention to everything, and I'm saying, oh, this like this is really which which reminds me, I I, I got to get a part time job just so I can come and take care of, get these treatments that uh I like I I literally like them right, and if it's something that's going to help me function in a productive productive way where I'm not taken out of my livelihood of things that I do, right? Because I can't do things because I got a, I got urinary incontinence, then you, you need to do them, right? right. Okay. Okay. So and, and tell you, I tried, I tried the Mcella at a conference a couple years ago in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And, um, I sat on it and I was like, this is interesting. I thought it was cool. Yeah. And the very first night I did it that night, I got up to go to the restroom uh-huh. And when I got, I was laying down asleep and I got uh-huh. up and I was like, wait, I could walk. 
I didn't have to like rush, you know, because yeah, laying down sleeping and you stand up, you gotta run. Yeah, I gotta hurry. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I could, I can walk. I'm yeah, good. I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, I'm the kind of doctor that if it's at my office, I either use it, have used it, try it. I never. Yeah. Never promote to a patient without I like that. trying it first. I like that. I can tell you my personal experience with it. So that that device is um super good. We've even had a we had an older lady come, mm-hmm. and uh, she she's a stroke victim, mm-hmm. and uh, she was coming. And um, funny enough, it's, it's so funny perspective. She said she didn't. She said, I just don't. I just don't feel like it's it's helping. Yeah. And so. So, but she's, she's, uh, she walks with a stroke and she's yeah. like, like the, so the very first time she came, yeah. she came into the office before we could even bring her to the back, she had to go to the bathroom and pee. Yeah. That's when she got finished, she go back to the bathroom and pee. Yeah. And her, she moves so her husband, he's helping her to the bathroom and he's helping her back and he has to help her. And yeah. he, said, he whispered us, he said, well, and so as she started, kept coming. Yeah. She, as much uh-huh. we just bring her back she was fine mm-hmm. but she was, i don't i don't think i don't think so and he said well i slept all night for the first time <laughs> he slept all night the first time in five years yes he said i slept all night so wow. he whispered it to me like i don't know what she's talking about yeah like, look 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 as a husband i'm really not in this but i am in this right <laughs> yes because he's he's her care yeah yeah, yeah. Caretaker, and he has to help her physically to the bathroom. Yeah, it's like she's not wetting. She yeah, accidents. You know, I'm not getting up in the middle of the night to take her. So he was excited. Yeah, the therapy because she she was a stroke victim. Yeah, so just, you know, just that kind of stuff we're hearing it just makes it great for us as as the practitioners. Yeah. Wow. So so are there other treatments um, for urinary incontinence? Um, unfortunately, there aren't a lot. You know, mm. there are for um, for urge incontinence. You can get like medication. So mm-hmm. you know, those commercials you just go. You gotta go. Gotta go to like Detrol, and um, there are some other brands of medications that help reduce the spasm for the urge. Are they prescription? Um, they're prescriptive. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so but as far as as far as the stress incontinence themselves itself which is the most common type there just aren't a lot of wonderful um options and medications don't really help that um because uh you you're it's a muscle it's a muscle weakness that's a mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. so it's not it's not it doesn't help as much correct so you would say your number one treatment then for this urinary incontinence of all of the ones that we talked about that can be um or, or helped i, I guess it would be that Mcella, which is E as an elephant, M as in Mary, S as in Sam, E L L A, right? And it's 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 a chair that you sit on. And do you know what this chair is? Um, what is re- the knocking? What is what is it releasing? What is it doing? So there are um, magnets. Magnets, uh huh. And underneath the seat of the chair, kind of mm-hmm. like. Um, they use the same magnet that the Tesla Tesla car makers use. Mm-hmm. It's made by Tesla. And mm-hmm. so the magnets are stimulating the muscle underneath your pelvic floor. So sitting, you position yourself over a certain spot in the chair. And mm-hmm. as the muscle is, as the magnets are working, they're tightening that muscle. Mm-hmm. So 
how, because I'm just asking, because I mean, I don't know, and I'm sure the people want to know too. So the muscles, how, how are they, how are they reaching the, the, how are the magnets reaching the muscle? And what way is it reaching? Is it, um, hmm. Is it, um, what's the word I want to use? It's like a, How polar, it, like a, it's like a polarity. So polarity. You're like, okay, uh-huh. if you put your, like if you put yourself between two strong magnets, uh-huh. the positive and the negative charge, uh-huh. if, if you as a person are between those charges, it runs the charge through your, your body, whether you feel it or not. Understood. Um, but in, in this instance, you're, you're, situating your pelvic floor between the positive and the negative charge and as it's passing back and forth between the two it's pulling your muscle along with it okay understood okay i get it i get it so so i said all that to say that it's safe it is right uh-huh and and it's fda approved it is. and how long has this mcella been around do you know Ah, it's been uh, in Europe before it came here, as everything is. It's been mm-hmm. in Europe for like the past, I think, mm-hmm. seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been here in the U.S. for about five. For five. And so, um, Dr. Laura, the, the last thing I want to, to ask you about is um, the... Um, the steam, the steam that women are, are, are getting. And so one of the sale of the women that are doing this, this steam is that it helps with um, bladder control and uh, muscles and tightening your muscles and may help with urinary incontinence. So I'm asking you as the doctor, because a lot of the people who do, who do the steam, like, you know, some doctors do, do the steam, but a lot of people who are doing the steam are uh, non-medical professions. Um, they're um, estheticians, if you will, and those people. And a part of their sale is they're saying that this is what this um, this this steam is doing. And we did a show on the steam. I mean, wasn't a doctor. So my questions were totally different than I asked the person because I don't expect, because I work with doctors, I don't expect the, per- the person who's not an MD to answer questions that they're really not qualified to ask because I'm not doing the audience uh, a service, if you will. Um, so does, I'm asking you, your medical profession of, do you feel like it worked? It, it helps and it works. And, and I'm not trying to take money out of anybody's pocket, but I just want to educate people to make I, good decisions. I don't know a lot, a lot about the steam. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. Mm-hmm. Doing anything with the muscles. What I have, I've heard women say that um, their partner enjoyed sex more after the steam. So what I'm thinking has to almost be like a dehydration process. Mm-hmm. Um Mm-hmm. As as you heat something up and it kind of pulls the excess liquid to the surface mm-hmm. and makes the tissue a bit tighter, mm-hmm. um, and by warming, plumping the cells up like that, mm-hmm. the only thing I would I would doubt is that it's anything that's going to be long lasting. Mm-hmm. Over time, the vagina is going to make more fluids. The cells are going to regenerate. They're going to pump back up. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably not a long lasting effect of having the steam. Maybe like if you get a steam today, you might feel a difference for a couple days that follow, mm-hmm. but nothing mm-hmm. that's going to give you a long-term result because it's not mm-hmm. doing anything to the muscle itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So, but, but, but it, but it will help some things, but you will have to keep getting it done is what you're saying. Sure. But if you're, but if you're having a urinary incontinence problem, you need to go see your medical doctor. Correct. Yeah. 
And when, so, which, which brings me to when should a person go to see the doctor? When, when it's becoming a significant issue, when you find mm-hmm. yourself having to put a pad on because you're leaking frequently mm-hmm. um, or limiting what you drink. I don't drink that much. I don't want to leak. Like, mm. I, like, well, you got to drink water. Oh, I can't drink too much water. Um, uh, most women have a little a little leakage when they laugh or cough, and that's kind of to be expected. But if it's significant, where you're really just wetting your clothes and it's mm-hmm. a problem, you need to get that looked at. I've I seen women where they leak so much that their bottoms are just raw from mm-hmm. being wet, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. that. So that's a different level. And, it ha- and you don't want to let it go like long term. We, mm-hmm. we wait and wait. And Correct. Wait and we go. To put out the fire. Yes, mm-hmm. the fire, the mm-hmm. whole fire. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, 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 and Dr. Lori, and I, I mean, I know, I know you got to go. I know, I know I've kept you a long time. It took us forever to get Dr. Lori on here. Yeah, I know we don't have a lot of people on here. We just can get Dr. Lori back. So we got on here and now I'm acting like I can't get off here, but I'm going to get, I'm going to get off here. I'm not going to keep on because I got to bring her back. We start talking about this uh, pregnancy, have this pregnancy and, 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 and Afro-descendant women, but, but Dr. Lori, so you know, you you mentioned you mentioned it. You brought it up that some women that that they have this urinary incontinence and then they're raw, right? In that case, you definitely should be going to the doctor. But if they are raw in that area, because I, I I'm hoping that people are not letting the fires go, but according to you, they are. So what should they be using to protect their uh, bottom area if they, if this is happening? I know they should go to the doctor. They gotta, right. gotta, gotta get it fixed. Gotta get it fixed. Gotta get it fixed. And a band-aid is not fixing, right? That's right. Like a drying mm-hmm. agent, kind of like you would on a baby with like diaper rash, mm-hmm. some kind of a zinc oxide treatment to kind of mm-hmm. protect skin from breaking down. Mm-hmm. Um, a constant wetness with the urination. So like a thin mm-hmm. or uh what are those? I haven't had a baby around me in a long time, so I forget. Yeah. Brands, but oh, yes, 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 white ointments, yes, 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 uh huh, yes, 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 what you put on a diaper rash is what you're saying to protect the area, uh huh, from the wetness. But the number one thing to do is to go and get help, and because there are some things you don't have to suffer in silence, right? Or you don't have to suffer at all. There's some things that you know, medicine has to say, okay, well, this is just the end, right? But there's, but there are a lot of things because, because science is brilliant, right? There are a lot of things that, that, that medical medicine can treat and, and doctors can treat to help your living. You have optimal living, right? So um, with that, Dr. Lori, um, thank you for being here with us, the Rhythm Notes of Health, and tell us how can, if people want to reach you or come get this Mcella from you, yeah. or even do you do referrals to people that don't live in the area to get the Mcella? You say fly in, fly in, fly in first. If you can't fly in, <laughs> we can we can refer them to someone that's in their area who does it. Mm-hmm. Um, but absolutely, we are. I am the owner of Just for You Women's Healthcare in Locust Grove, Georgia. You can find us on the web, Just for You OBGYN.com. You can. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Lori J. And you can inbox me, which everybody inboxes me on, on Instagram. Um, but Dr. Lori J, you can give us a call. You can Google us, Google me. Um, but it's just for you, women's health care. And we're mm-hmm. 
in local in local school of Georgia. And Dr. Lori is also on um, blackpink.org um, website. So, uh, and, and all of her information in case you did not get it, all of her information and how to make an appointment and how to reach her and her social media is on the Blackpink uh, page under the Blackpink advisory team. And so if you did not remember that, then um, you can go on there and the information is um, is there already. So Dr. Lordy, thank you for spending time with us with this urinary incontinence, because I promise you, you know, after we could not get our schedules together, I was like, okay, you know, because the men want to want to do this men series, and I'm excited about it. But I was like, okay, we're just gonna end it, and we're gonna we're gonna go on. But women were like, they they see. So those are the women who are suffering in silence, right? They were asking me, when it. I thought you said she's gonna do urinary incontinence. Like you haven't done it. They was holding me, holding me to the fire because you know people hold you accountable, right? <laughs> so they were like, "I thought you were gonna do the urinary incontinence." It's like so. Several people have asked me because they're clearly having these. They they have these incontinence problems, right? And they need to number one get help. So if you're listening to this, if you listen to this, you know, go to the doctor. If you're not close to Dr. Lauren, you can't go to her. Go to a OBGYN or a GYN, right? Or, or you can you can even if you don't even have the to the direct line path to go to them, you can go to your primary care doctor, right, and tell well, them. I, well, but you can, Dr. Lauren, I'll go get you. I said, if they don't have a direct line to them. If, they, if you absolutely can't find a GYN, you can go to primary care. I prefer, if it's below the waist, just go to the GYN. It's going to save you. The OBGYN we're talking to. Yeah, if it's, if it's below the waist, go see the OBGYN. You're going to save a couple of steps. By, by going there and just getting Dr. it out. Lori, some people have to go through their primary yeah. care, their PCP, they got an HMO to so, even get to you. Oh my gosh, you got my jaws are hurting. I'm so difficult. If you can avoid it, just avoid And I love my PCP. I love my <laughs> I don't want their job. I don't want to treat all your issues. I really, really don't. Yeah. But if it's below the waist, just, just go to the specialist. Because the OBGYN is a specialist and the PCP um, is, you know, deals with everything. But if you don't have, if you can't get to the specialist of the OBGYN, then go to a doctor. Don't say, I'm not going to a doctor because I don't, I can't go to OBGYN or GYN. I'm just gonna just, you know, suffer in silence. Go to a doctor, right? But this isn't a reason to go to the emergency room, right, Dr. Lord? Because you know I'm 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 a really big proponent of emergency rooms treat emergencies, right? So this isn't a reason to go to to, to an emergency room, right? No, absolutely not. Okay, but you do need to see your your doctor, preferably your OBGYN or your GYN, um, uh, because it's below the waist. Dr. Lori said it. Her information is on my page. <laughs> This is below the way. Don't get me beat up. Because <laughs> I have all doctors on him. They're going to be like, I was listening to your show. And they'll be like, I listened to your show. And Dr. Lori, I'm going to say, Dr. Lori said that. You heard me at the end. I said, Dr. Lori said, Dr. Lori said that. Go to the GYN. Just go, go to the GYN. GYN. Yeah. No, but thank you, Dr. Lori. I, this, this, was, this was really, really good. And I think with the... Um, um, first, we did the, the urinary tract infections. And we really broke down the whole... Uh, all the bladder and you know the urine and everything and so now just understand urinary incontinence and kind of just 
bridging it together in this women's series, I think that it has helped a lot of women. I'm hoping that it's helping a lot of women to understand um, in, which will empower them to now go to the doctor and get help and then just go and check out this M seller. They're going to say, I'm always selling stuff to them. It's like, get your pellets. You got to get your pellets. You got to, you shouldn't be, you don't have to. When I see women flash, I don't even know them. I was like, ma'am, you don't have to be flashing. Like there's, there's something that you, you can get and you don't have to do this. So, you know, now, now it's going to be, you don't have to be flashing. That's going to be the M seller. You know, I just need to buy stocks and all these things. You don't gotta buy leak. You don't gotta be leak. I don't have no stake in the game, but trying to help people, right? But it really, the things really help. And like you said, if like you said, you you try these things, and, and like I've tried these things, and they and they work. And so there's there's no need in suffering in silence, right? That's right. That's okay. Right. So, Dr. Lori, and I'm gonna say to anyone who's listening, I always hear this. You know, one, I'm not too far because I was if I was doing your hair, you would come and see me. Hmm, um, that part. You. It's not too much money because again, if I was doing your hair, if you if you wear weave and you buy bundles, yeah, I don't buy bundles. I know how much they cost. Yeah, we, we will spend what we want to spend for certain yeah. things. If yeah, you come in and tell me that that's too much. You have a, a, a never full on your arm. I'm gonna say, but that never full though. That never yeah. full that you yeah. bought. And I understand we like nice things, but we have to make sure that our health is our number one priority. Yeah, that's right. So, so I told you that that my OGYN, who's who, who's retired now, you know, she would say, "Pay for your food or pay for your health." But I'm saying, "Pay for your health or pay for your death." It, it's it's one of the two, or have somebody else pay for it, right? Because then you won't be here because you choose to put you chose to put your money somewhere else and not taking care of yourself as the, your whole self. And so that was a very good point. And and we can't stretch it a stress stress it enough to take care of yourself in the things that you do. So you can just live productive. Like it's not okay to just live a long life. You need to live a long, productive, happy, you know, vital to life, if you will. Thank you, Dr. Laurie. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, um, finally, we had to, we had to almost send the uh, sheriff over to the house to say, don't let her out. Until she does this, <laughs> until the office, like, don't let her out until she do this podcast. But we got it done, Dr. Lori. So, you know, they, and, and, and we and we do all we do all of this for you, just so you can empower. Although I know some of this stuff, I learned so much today, but I'm always learning things. So I, you know, I'm a forever student, I'm forever learning. So I, I've learned a lot today and I'm going to be continuously uh, referring and giving people information um, is why, why I got to go out of town to refill my cup because I've depleted it. So I got to go refill it up. But thank you, Dr. Lori, just for taking the time to educate us um, in the things that we need to educate. Um, Dr. Lori, um, again, tell, tell the people one more time how to reach you. Just for you, Women's Healthcare in Locust Grove, Georgia. Just for you, OBGYN.com on the web or Dr. Lori J on Instagram and Twitter. Please come and check us out. Say hello to me. Wave at me. Tell me where you met me or where you heard me and I can always put it back together where I am. Yes, yes. Tell them you heard them on the Rhythm Notes of Health podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Lori. You have a good day. Bye. <laughs> um. So... That was uh, Dr. Lori, and you know it was a good show. And um, right now, it's time for us to um, talk about our musical uh, soul note for the day. And I had to think about. You know, I talk about the same people over and over 
and I had to kind of get it together. Like, who are you going to talk about today? You know, I like to talk about talk about independent artists. So today I decided to talk about one of my favorite male artists, uh, Raheem Devon. Um, Raheem Devon has over 10 to 12 albums. He has been around for a very, very long time. His first, and I'm playing, because this is one of my favorites, um, Guess Who Loves You More from his first album, which came out in 2005, The Love Experience, as you see here over my shoulder. Um, but since then, he had, sometimes he puts out an album every year, sometimes twice a year. And it's always a play. You can play the album from the beginning, the first, the first song, all the way to the end, because he just knows what we're looking for. He knows good music. He can put it together for us so we can, you know, just enjoy ourselves with us for, for us rhythm and blues um, persons who listen to rhythm and blues. Um, Rocking Devon is Rocking Devon on all his social media. That's R-A-H-E-E-M-D-E-V-A-U-G-H-N. So he is Rocking Devon on all of his um social media you can um you can get him there on all those social media you let him know that the rhythm notes of health uh sent you so you can let him know where you heard him from that's raheem devon check him out and this and, and again he has a whole lot of albums but this is my favorite album uh, one of my favorites um love experience and this song that we're playing is uh, Guess Who Loves You More. So check him out, listen to him, let him know you heard him on the Rhythm Notes of Health, uh, the Rhythm Notes of Health podcast. And um, yeah, let him know. So um, I am, this has been a really good show. I am uh, excited about going into this men's series, um, which we're gonna be going into. Um, uh, hopefully our next show. Um, so Dr. Lordy told us a lot of good things about urinary incontinence. Um, let's let's just talk about. She told us about three main kinds, and the the, the most the most popular one was stress incontinence, um, and then the, we talked about urge incontinence, and then overflow incontinence. Those are the three um, main ones. But then what I want to kind of read iterate right now is the preventive that she talked about. <laughs> we laughed because we talked about my grandmother told me no lifting these large items and she was she knew what she was talking about. Didn't know how to explain it. But so no lifting heavy, heavy items. Let someone else lift it for you, right? Or get some assistance with lifting. Um, you know, make sure that you're going to the bathroom. Don't be holding your bladder if you don't have to. Um, do your Tighten your core, your core with your kegels. And again, you can look up the kegels. And some of the treatments that she talked about was non-surgical was the Mcella, And that's E as an elephant, M as in Mary, S-E-L-L-A. And with that Mcella, you she suggested you get six treatments. And that was two times a week for six weeks. And then come like every six months to get a touch-up. I am so excited. You know, we just had this really good... Um, healthier you health fair I am depleted from talking to everyone I'm I, I love meeting you out in the field but I am going to take a 
vacation in my two weeks until the next show after this one to just refill my cup. Remember, we repeat what we don't repair. Your race and where you live should not determine, determine whether you live, right? Let me say that again. Your race and where you live should not determine whether you live because my goal is to concentrate on underserved populations. And remember when life moves fast and your mind does too, remember to breathe, it will get you through. My name is Kai Ayanta. I am the soul of public health. I have enjoyed today's topic. Until next time, have a good day. Bye-bye.